Four years ago, I went to Zambia, Africa, for the very first time. I had been to the continent of Africa on a couple of occasions, had the privilege of uh, doing some ministry and leadership development with pastors and churches in Nigeria, but this was the first time to Zambia. And though I wasn't looking for or expecting it, God used this particular trip four years ago to impact and inspire me as an individual believer, as a pastor, as a leader in new ways. I mean, He literally, along with others who traveled with me, spoke in powerful ways, and He gave me a vision that, that we, as a church family, had the potential to make a huge difference in Zambia, half a world away. It takes forever to get to Zambia, forever. Uh, literally the second longest flight on the planet is just one of the three legs to get to Zambia. And yet God kind of gave the vision that our church could make a difference there. Now at the time it just didn't seem practical. I mean, I, yeah, really? I mean, we're from, you know, Plymouth, Michigan, Eel, Michigan, Brighton, Michigan, Saline, Michigan. We are one church in four locations, none of which are outside of Michigan. And yet God was calling us to do this impractical, seemingly improbable thing. The vision God was giving us was outside the parameters, not just of our normal ongoing ministry, but of how the ministry we chose to partner with did ministry. It was outside the parameter and scope of, of how world vision normally worked. I mean, they just didn't do it the way we were envisioning it. And so we started discussing it with them at the highest levels of their ministry, and it is a significantly large ministry all around the globe. And one by one, just like God, He started removing the obstacles and He started opening the necessary doors, including the doors of my heart, which can sometimes be very small and very little of faith, and opening the doors of your hearts to generously start investing in a place most of you had never been and never would. And just a couple of weeks ago, I got to go back and see what was once just this unprobable dream, a vision that it seemed like God was giving me and ultimately to us. I got to go and see that dream become a reality. I was there to dedicate two hospitals. For those of you who might be guests in Northridge or newer to Northridge, these two hospitals are hospitals that we as a church family made possible through an unbelievably huge and generous giving season at Christmas two years ago. And I have to tell you, it was a privilege for me to be representing you there. But to be honest, the trip was grueling. Just getting there was grueling. But let me even be a little bit more authentic. I think it's okay for me to be honest with my church family, right? And then to put it on the web so everybody around the world gets to hear it. Yeah, that's what I want to do. But those dedications, and I apologize right up front to my very good friends in Zambia, those dedications were grueling themselves. I mean, they don't program like we program here at Northridge Church. 
every segue balanced, it's nothing wasted, no time. I mean, they, no, 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 no. I, they, we had two of these dedications, and they were in the heat of the day in Zambia, Africa, and they were both well over, and I'm being very conservative, well over two hours long. I'm sure they were like 80 hours long. It felt like that, but I mean, they were definitely more than two hours long, and it seemed like every person who had any influence or position in that region of the world was invited to speak. In fact, at times, I thought anyone who was breathing was invited to speak. It was, it was everybody on the planet, it seemed like. And every one of them who got up to speak at this dedication, I mean politicians, community leaders, and church leaders, and world vision leaders, and all these people, I mean, they had to run through the official list recognizing every other person who was there and had already been introduced to speak to the honorable this and to the honorable. Have you ever been to these kind of things? Oh my gosh, can we just stop? Call me Brad and be done with it, right? I mean, really. It was a forever experience. It was the kind of experience, and you, you know, some of you know me better than others. For those of you who don't know me well, be very, very grateful. But it was the kind of experience that I would normally want out of in the worst way. This is, I would send staff. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not something I would do. It's something I would just run from, I'd get away from, but not this time. On the contrary, and if you know me, this is a miracle. I was moved at this forever experience. God used what could have normally and would have normally been an extremely laborious I, I spent a long time coming up with a word that I didn't think was overly insulting, laborious event. He used this laborious event to speak to me, to move me, to inspire me in, in new and powerful and, I think, profound ways. I, I really come back from this trip that I didn't want to go to, reshaped by God's voice, because of an experience I had, experiences I had in places and events I normally would dread being a part of. Most of you know that we here at Northridge have what we call a 16-word mission, and um, our mission is extremely important to us. It drives everything we do. All of my leadership in recent years is flowing from these 16 words. We're attempting to put everything that we invest in, our time and resources and all that against these 16 words. And they begin with this declaration. We're called to wake the world up to Jesus, to wake the world up to Jesus, to wake the world up to Jesus. And it's important to me. I talk about it a lot. But while sitting there, the breadth and depth of our 16-word mission's importance hit me in a brand new way. And it's hard to imagine because I've done series on it, I've done thinking, we did the strategic thing to develop it, and yet it just really started sinking in in a deeper way. As I was sitting there, taking in the experience, I was overwhelmed with the truth that, and this is going to sound so silly that I'm just coming up with this, that Jesus is what these people need. That's what they needed. 
here we were dedicating hospitals and they were inspired by that and so was I and, and many of these people are so impoverished there's just so much that they need and we think about how we can meet those needs and come alongside those areas and that's what these hospitals are about but it just it was like God speaking to my heart Jesus is what these people need Jesus is what these people need it's all about him like we worshiped in that first song earlier forgive us for making it about so much else Jesus is what these people needed and and quite frankly it helped me to remember that when I come back here Jesus is what all people need Jesus is what you need I know you didn't go through today thinking that that's what you needed you had all kinds of other concerns and challenges and obstacles you were facing you were praying about all kinds of different things but I'm gonna tell you at the core at the heart you need one thing Jesus he's what we need I mean here, here in this laborious event it just came to me as I was looking at these people who had so little peace in this world and I realized Jesus is peace and so if we wake the world up to Jesus we're waking them up to peace Jesus is what they need and Jesus is contentment and there's so little contentment in riches let alone poverty in this world in fact from my travel sometimes poverty comes with greater contentment than riches does but but the truth is Jesus is contentment and so when we wake the world up to Jesus whether the world of the rich or the world of the poor we're waking them up to what we all so desperately long for contentment and and it just kept coming and flowing Jesus is love wake the world up to Jesus we wake them up to love and Jesus is healing and salvation and forgiveness and joy and generosity and provision and significance and hope and on and on and on and if we wake the world up to Jesus we're waking them all up to these things if we're successful at our mission we'll be successful at helping people find all they need everything they long for to experience the life that God created them to experience and for me that's deep and wide Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 says it Paul's writing and he says to them God has chosen to make known among all the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery you want to know what the mystery of God is you want to know what the mystery everybody's like, oh, what's this mean and what's this mean how about the end times and how about this and ooh, ooh, ooh. do you know what the great mystery of God is Paul says it you ready Christ in you the hope of glory you know the great mystery that solves all the equations of our brokenness is Christ in you the hope of glory they need Jesus we need Jesus that's all we need and and it was there while dedicating one of the hospitals that I realized we're actually doing it we're we're waking these people in Zambia took me it took us 27 hours of traveling to get there and 30 some hours to get back here and we this church in Michigan is waking that group of people up to Jesus and thus we're waking them up to everything they need and, and I mean as I was sitting there where I would have normally been looking at my watch and looking at my watch and saying man that kind of thing instead I was wanting to desperately share this experience with you that's all I could think about when I was there oh man I wish you could all be there I wish you could all be here I I couldn't wait to get back and tell you what what you've done as a church family 
those of you in Grosio, those of you in Brighton, those who gather in Celine who are with us here tonight. And I, I'm going to tell you, it's like, I, I just couldn't wait to tell you what you've done and how God has used you as a church family. So that's what I'm doing tonight as we prepare ourselves for communion. I, I want you to see how big the impact is, how important our mission is. And, and my hope is that you'll be encouraged because a lot of you have been investing and praying and giving, sponsoring kids, and you gave towards those hospitals, and you've been wondering, and I hope that I'll encourage you. Go, it wasn't, it wasn't a waste. It was worth it. But, but know this. My passion for this moment is more than just to encourage you. I, I want to I inspire you. I, 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 I want you to be inspired to keep living our mission to wake the world up to Jesus. To live tomorrow differently than you live today with the purpose of waking people up to Jesus here and around the world. We believe that there are four significant outcomes that occur when people genuinely wake up to Jesus. If the world genuinely wakes up to Jesus, four things will happen, four outcomes. Um, Lives will change, of course. Jesus is going to change lives. Leaders will change. Jesus even said it. He says, you know, people without God, they lead to get others serving them, but not so with you. People who have Christ-transformed heart, they lead to serve others. And so leaders change. And, and when people genuinely wake up to Jesus, lives change, leaders change. You know what else changes? Churches change. And can I just say as an aside, churches need to change. There are about a lot of things other than Jesus. And this church can be about a lot of things other than Jesus. And you know what? The world needs Jesus. And you know what? We better be living Jesus. You know what? We better be offering Jesus or we're wasting Jesus' time and all of his resources. I mean, it's about Jesus. And one last outcome, when we're really waking the world up to Jesus, not doing our own gig and serving our own interests, the world will change. I mean, Jesus said it. Look at you're called to be light in a world of darkness. You know what he said? When, when, when we're waking the world up to Jesus, you know what happens? The light goes on in the world. Things change in the world. Roman empires fall and the church wins and that kind of deal. It's a crazy gig. And, and here I was at that dedication that mind-numbing experience with my mind absolutely just on fire with this reality. All four of those things are happening in Zambia. I went there four years ago, and it was all just this dream that seemed so improbable, and now all four of those things are happening. And I just, I just want to show them to you via video, take you there via video, but also share it with you. you. You know what's going on there? Lives are changing. Lives are changing. They're finding hope and help and healing and opportunity. They're finding what Jesus came to give us, life, life that's better in this physical world, but life to the full, eternal life. And it's all happening because they're waking up to Jesus. Life change is happening big time. And I, I want to... I kind of wrap up all the life change that's happening in thousands of lives over there into one story. The story of just one of the three kids that Roxanne and I are sponsoring. His name is 
Avon, and you're going to meet Avon and his family via video. He's Avon, eight years old. He's adorable. I had the privilege of meeting him and his family four years ago when Roxanne and I first started sponsoring him, when I first went to Zambia. And I have to tell you, it was rough. They were trying so hard, but they needed so much. And it was discouraging to me. I loved hugging him. I loved being with him, but I hated leaving him. I wanted to take him with me home because I just didn't like leaving him where he was. But then I visited him this time. Roxanne and I had the chance to see him this year, just a couple of weeks ago. And so much has changed. I have to tell you, you know why it's changed? I'm going to tell you why it's changed. Because Roxanne and I decided to care about someone halfway around the world from us we'd never met. Do you know why his life is changing? Because he's in a community that we as a church family have adopted and thousands of you have decided to sponsor kids in those same communities and their lives are changing collectively. You know what's happening in these communities and it's all wrapped up in Avon and his family's story. We went there the last time and they didn't have access to clean water of any kind of thing. They had to go forever away, carry it on their head and it was dirty and unclean and they got sick from it perpetually and then we were able to provide water through sponsoring these kids. And then you know what happened. The clean water that they got got them sick because they had no means of hygiene or sanitation over there. You think about it. You have clean water in your house, you don't wash your hands, or you use the toilet bowl to wash your hands. They didn't have toilet bowls, but I'm just saying, their water became toilet bowls because no one ever washed their hands. How do you wash your hands when you don't have water, when you don't have a means? And through our investment, the community development's been happening, and they've literally now got hygiene and sanitation. They have toilets that are enclosed that animals can't get into instead of going everywhere and animals getting into it and then traveling to where they eat their food and in their houses and getting everyone sick. Now they know about sanitation when it comes to using the bathroom. Same with the kitchen. They've built dish platforms because they're learning community development. We're investing in that and their dishes are up so the animals can't get it on that and their kids aren't getting sick and they're not getting sick and no one's dying now because they don't have clean water and they don't know how to keep it clean. That's awesome. The mom, I had a neat relationship start four years ago with the mom. She was just great. She sang this worship song. I showed it here four years ago. It just moved me so amazingly. But, you know, she kept coming and grabbing my arm and dragging me to a new place. They used to have their kitchen inside. They would burn their wood and junk inside, and the smoke was in there, and these people were breathing it in. It's not good for health. And it burned their little mud and thatch hut down. But now they're taking around and they've put the kitchen out and they know how to do it in a way that's not going to cause everybody to get black lung and they know how to do it in a way that's not going to create insecurity in the home. And they, they now know about nutrition and agriculture in ways that are allowing them to eat in, in unbelievably more healthy ways. They have educational opportunities. We've been able to uh, invest. Northridge, we invested in a science lab in a secondary school. They had no secondary education. They really had no middle education. They, they had early elementary, and most people never got through that, which means they're stuck in a cycle of poverty forever, right? But we've been investing against community development, and now they have education all the way through that could connect them even to going beyond. And it's because of our investment. 
There are economic opportunities and they have animals and ways to create living and, and to barter within their communities that they didn't have before. And they know, here's what's neat, they know it's all because of the name of Jesus because we don't go in and brag about ourselves. We go in and brag about Jesus because there's only one reason we're going over there and that's because Jesus loved us so much he came from heaven to us. It's worth us now taking his love to a place like Zambia. That's why we go there. And so their lives are changing in every way. And that's Avon's story and his family. It's just one story of thousands that our community is investing in. And I, I, just, I just can't tell you enough how proud I am of your investment that you're doing those things. It's an amazing deal. But it's not just lives that are changing. Individual lives, that's great. But leaders are changing over there. Do you know, a life changing is eternal and significant, but when a leader changes, many lives change. You know that, right? When a leader's life changes, just everyone they influence changes. Well, I have some pictures of Chief Moyo. He's right there in the center. I met him four years ago. He, he was a wonderful guy, and he cared about his people. He seemed to be a little bit close to us, and he was listening. He didn't quite believe. He didn't think the Zambian government would help his community. The chief was kind of like king of this community, like the old feudal systems used to run. And, and um, to meet him this time just changed me. He was a different man. And there are a lot of things I could say, but I'll just say this. At the dedication, he stood up, and he had, he, he just stood up, and he, he, someone who's a king, someone who's a chief, someone who's respected by everyone, when he walks in the room, everybody goes, I'm not kidding, the whole crowd. And I, I thought about coming back and teaching you that when I walk on the platform, you know. I mean, they honor him, they do all these things. And usually when people are in honorable positions, they have a hard time <laughs> humbling themselves, right? They're not going to humble them. They're not going to show weakness because they want people to think they're strong. But you know what he got? He got up at the dedication and he said, expressing appreciation, appreciation in this moment is one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do because it makes me ask, what have I ever done like this for someone else? That blew me away. The National Zambian, one of the National Zambian papers wrote about it, actually, um, and uh, gave, quoted what the chief said, but then actually called the article, the National Zambian Daily Mail, it, it, it called the article, uh, Touched from God. Pemba Clinic gets touched from God. It was all spiritual. It was just crazy. And it started with what? Us caring enough to sponsor some kids and then build some hospitals. Crazy to me. Churches are changing over there. I had the privilege of sitting in a circle of, of pastors over there. You'll see that. And they will... Um, we got in a circle and we just asked them the question, how is your life changing because of the community development that's going on, because the investment we're making with World Vision and the ongoing development that's going on in your life? And... Um, I think they'll be turning to this next one. Roll the next one, whoever's in charge there. Roll the next one. There we go. And we met in this church with all these pastors, got them in a circle, and they started answering the question. It blew me away, and I have to make this short, but most of the pastors said that before the investment and before community development started happening here, um, 
the parents would leave the kids at home and come to church because church wasn't for kids. And what we've learned is that kids are the key to the next generation. And they've started, they started telling us stories about how they started reaching out to kids and doing ministry in a way that's relevant to kids in their culture and, and how they're growing from 5 to 50 and from 10 to 100. I mean, they're just reaching these kids. And you know what's happening when they reach these kids? You know what? You'll never guess what happens when they reach kids. The parents come. And communities are being changed because of the changes happening in the churches. And why is it happening? Because they're waking up to Jesus. And when people wake up to Jesus, churches change. And how did that happen? It started with us investing. It blows me away. They, they also told me how they're starting to teach and realizing what God says about parenting, how to best parent, and they're now seeing it as the role of the church to help parents be better parents, and I mean, there's a lot of child abuse and a lot of different things, just like in any culture over there, and, and it's starting to be curbed because the church of Jesus Christ is taking a different role in people's lives. It's not, it, it, it's not forsaking the community, it's investing in it. Do you know how great that is? churches are changing. And, and you know what happens when lives change and, and leaders change and churches change? The world changes. But rather than me telling you, I thought you're probably pretty sick of hearing me already. So I, I want you to hear from someone at Ground Zero in Zambia, a Zambian woman who's invested in leading out some of these transformative community developments over there. Her name's Rose, and here she is. Before we even had a chance of hearing from Northridge, there was a need in Hamaundo and Moyo because we lost about 30 children in six months to malaria. And these were registered children. Now, when you think of losing 30 registered children, you also realize that several other children that are not in World Vision records or registered must have died and we were not aware of those. Most of the children died of malaria fever before they reached the health facility because the facility was too far. And there is no transport at all. They had to walk. Others don't even have a bicycle. But malaria fever increases by hour. As World Vision working in that area, we started looking around for sponsors or donors that would help us do something about the situation, but we were not successful. Then, in our normal routine work and partnership with Northridge, Northridge came and informed us that they would like to, to build an infrastructure for the hospital. This was like, wow, it sounded like a mere story. The Ministry of Health planners and directors were asking us a lot of questions. They said, World Vision, do you know what you are talking about? Can you build a hospital? Do you know what it involves? And we said, with our partners, if they want to do it, we'll stand in and we are going to build a hospital. This hospital is going to have a theater, it's going to have a dental clinic, it is going to have an MCH wing, it will have a ward for the children. So these lives are going to be saved, not only the children, but the adults as well. 
And that's why the communities are celebrating. To the people from Northridge Church who came together to donate this money, on behalf of my country and the communities where we work, I'd like to say a big thank you. You do not understand what difference your donation has made. You will need to visit to come and prove the extent and the scope of the help and the difference that it has made. It's a great, great help because it's not only going to save lives, but it has ministered the love of God to the people in that community. The chief was so overwhelmed, he said, when one receives such a gift like this, the question is, what have I given? Another person said, if people have not been praying, this is the turning point. When you see others do so much for you, you also want to help others. Because it shows what God has done for you. How can this God speak to people in a foreign country, exercise their hearts, put a burden upon their hearts, to provide such an infrastructure which costs so much money. There is no one who knows when this institution would have been made in that place. Probably never. But your love has demonstrated the love of God to the people of Moyo and Kamawundu. As a Zambian, I'm so grateful. And I know what our people feel and say. They are really saying this is a miracle gift from God through Northridge Church. Thank you very much. Isn't that awesome? That's, that's, you're looking at right there, just a portion of the one hospital complex in Moyo, and then there's also one now in Hamundo. And, and I have to tell you, when we first went, um, there was a closet-sized shack that was in such disrepair, filled with index cards, which was the only form of record-keeping they had, and equipment that didn't work. And an overworked one nurse who could only talk about all the people who were dying because they didn't have the means of helping. And to stand there and to see these buildings, because a church family experience God's love enough in their own lives to want to express love over there blew me away. God gave us a vision that seemed impractical and improbable, but God's people responded, and lives are being changed. And I am so thankful to be a part of this church, and I am so thankful to be a part of this family and a part of what God's doing there, and I'm so proud of you. It's an unbelievable deal, and it's not just the hospital. There's infrastructure development. You know what the government did? 
our communities over there have no transportation roads. I mean, it's just horrible. You can't get any... And when I say they don't have roads, don't picture the worst road you've been on here in Michigan. I mean, no roads. And, and because we invest in these hospitals, do you know what the government's doing now? They're putting in roads and they're bringing in electricity and they are building an infrastructure that's changing these communities. It's backwards, right? It's backwards. Aren't you supposed to get roads, electricity, and then build the hospital? That's just not how it works. And so the world is changing. The, the economic development is happening and expanding. Education development, the medical. Do you realize people couldn't get to the hospital if there was an emergency? They were dying on the way. And that's why the ambulance, you know? It's like there's going to be people alive and experiencing Jesus because of this investment that wouldn't have had a chance without it. And I just want you to know it's real. And this isn't just in our two communities. It's having an impact in all of Zambia. National leaders are investing themselves in this and they know, man, these Jesus people in America are crazy, but we'll take advantage of that. That's awesome. And other churches are now being inspired to do the same in other parts of the world because of what we've done as a church family. I hope that you'll be in awe of it, encouraged by it, but inspired to do more because may I just remind you that the person who lives next to you or works next to you is loved by God as much and needs Jesus as much as the people in Zambia. And if we're going to wake the world up to Jesus, we can't just send the alarm clock to Zambia. We have to be the alarm clock where we are. Detroit needs this. America needs this. Zambia needs this, and the world needs this. And you know, it's perfect because that's what Jesus has called us to do. Go into all the world and make disciples. Wake them up to Jesus, teaching them to be what he's commanded us to be. Be witnesses all around the world. And so I just, as we move into communion, I want to remind you how this is happening. This is happening because we've experienced his love, and so we're showing love. John 13, 35, by this all men will know that you're my followers by your love for one another. The number one question people ask me over there is, why would your church in Michigan care about us? And I was able to say, because Jesus cares about you. And Jesus filled us with his love. And it, it's life-changing message. First John 4.19 says, We love because God first loved us. You know what the problem with our world is? Too many people that claim to know God's love don't love. And as I sat there at that dedication, I realized that finally, we're not a perfect church, and I can promise you that because I'm, I'm, not a, I'm a lousy pastor in some ways. And you're lousy church members in some ways. <laughs> I mean, we've got our own dysfunctions, we've got our own problems, we've got a lot of work to do and all that stuff. But let me just tell you, it's so neat to be a part of a church that has the heart of Christ for others. Let's just make sure we don't export it around the world without living it where we are. Let's be on mission here. Seriously. 
I, I believe our workplaces should be changing and communities should be changing because we're loving people this much. But I want to encourage you who are sponsoring kids, your 35 bucks a month is changing the world for those people in the name of Jesus. And Roxanne and I were so inspired to keep, you know, sponsoring our kids and all that stuff. And I just want to encourage you, keep it up. And, and for those of you who aren't sponsoring kids, I just really want to encourage you, you can join us. Now, I don't, you can go to World Vision. Every kid in the world's important. You can go to World Vision and sponsor a kid anywhere in the world. And guess what? God will love you and God will be great. But we're trying to build a community development in these two communities that will change the world, that we'll be able to keep investing against together as a family. And so... We would encourage you, if you want to sponsor a kid, please do it in Moyo or Hamundo. And the best way to do that is to let us connect you with this partnership. And so at Northridge Grosseal, Northridge Brighton, and Northridge Plymouth here, in the lobbies of all three of these campuses that are doing New Life tonight, um, we have a Zambia table. And you can go and you can fill out a card about wanting to connect with a kid over there and um, you'll know you're a part of something great. I also want to encourage you, if you give to Northridge, we took an offering earlier tonight. If you give to Northridge, a lot of people, where does it go? What do you do with it? It goes right into our all-in ministry, and that's about waking the world up to Jesus. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world, it all goes to what our mission is, and I just really want to encourage you, please, please know that your generosity makes a difference in people's lives. My prayer is that you will ask God to pour his love through you so that the love you experienced would be shown everywhere you go and in every life you touch, at home, in your neighborhood, in the workplace, in communities like this, and around the world.